economies are crumbling all around us. Unrest, political strife, uneasiness, joblessness, multitudes gathering in the street. That is the order of our day. The world is crying out that he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Glenville, do you believe in the last days? Can you feel what the earth is telling you? Uh, Jesus warned that during the last days, they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of his name. At that time, many will fall and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of many will wax cold. Even in the church, the love of many will wax cold. There are troubling signs, Glenville, all around us. Following an admonition to earnest prayer, Jesus would ask his disciples a profound question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Ah, he said, when the Son of Man comes, I'm going to be looking for something. He did not say he would be looking for love. He did not say he would be looking for peace or joy. He wanted to know when the Son of Man comes, would he find faith on the earth? Glenville, there is something about faith that excites Jesus. There's something about faith that makes Jesus move. It makes him speak. It makes him do what he would not do unless you exhibit faith. Faith is extremely important to Jesus. I found out that it's not so much the quantity of faith that's important, but it's the quality of faith that interests Jesus. There is something about faith that excites Jesus. We see his enthusiasm regarding faith as he enters Capernaum, where he was living at the time. While he was there, a Roman soldier sends a message to him. Lord, my servant is at home sick and in terrible pain. Please heal him. And Jesus offers to come to the man's house and heal the servant. The officer went to meet Jesus and he said, Sir, I am not good enough for you to come to my house. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. The Bible declares that when Jesus heard this, he marveled. He was amazed at the Romans' faith in him. He said to those around him, I have not found so great faith. No, not even in Israel. There is something, Linville, about faith that excites Jesus. 
We see his excitement when he finds himself sitting in a house sharing the word of God. Within a few hours, so many came to see him that the house was full. The rooms were jammed with people and outside they crowded around the open windows to hear what the Lord was saying. Then four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher, hoping to see Jesus to ask him to heal their friend. But because of the crowd, they could not get near Jesus. And somebody said, why don't we just go up on the roof and lift some of the roofing material and lower the man right in front of Jesus? And that's exactly what they did. When Jesus saw their faith, he not only healed the man of the sickness, but forgave him of his sins. Glenville, there's something that excites Jesus about faith. We see his excitement when he finds himself following a synagogue leader to his house. A huge crowd went ahead with him and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years began to seek after him. You see, over the years, you know the story, she had gone to many physicians using all her life savings in the process but without success. In fact, the Bible says her condition was getting worse. When she heard about Jesus, she joined the crowd and gradually pushed her way to the front. She began to speak to herself. She began to talk to herself. She began to stir up her faith. And she said, if, if, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just get close to him. And perhaps when he's moving through the cloud. If I can just reach out. And just. I don't have to talk to him. He doesn't have to say a word to me. But if I can just touch. The hem of his garment. Everything will be alright. There's something about faith. Glenville. That excites Jesus. Faith. Don't leave home without it. Faith. When you get up in the morning. You need to examine your faith. Our prayer today should be Lord. Increase our faith. We need faith. As we press on in these troubling times, we need to step back and examine our own faith. Faith and faithfulness are the supreme need of those awaiting the second coming of the Lord. Well, what is faith? In the Greek, the word pistis, faith, denotes either an attitude of mind or a pattern of conduct. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, it's all about the attitude. It's all about the attitude, Glenville. You see, I need to get my mind right. I need to get my attitude right. 
I need my mind to be filled with this thing called faith. I need my mind to grip the fact that God is for me and not against me. I need my mind to remember that God will do exactly what he said he would do. We're talking about faith, Glenville. We're talking about an attitude of the mind. If we can just get our minds right, if we can just get our minds to be confident of the things we hope for and to be sure of the things we cannot see, for faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our faith is not a blind faith, but it is based in and on the work and teaching of Jesus. As followers of Christ, we are not distinguished simply because we have faith. You see, some people have faith in Buddha, and, and, and some people have faith in Muhammad, and some people have faith in their money. Some people have faith in their stocks and their bonds. Our faith has its origin in God. We are not distinguished by our faith, but we are distinguished by the object of our faith. We look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We look to Jesus for grace to overcome every difficulty. We look to Jesus for faith to endure unto the end. We stay in an attitude of faith by keeping the eye of faith fixed on Jesus. We just have to get our minds right. To keep the eye of faith fixed on Jesus is to maintain uninterrupted contact with him who is the source of power. All through the day, my mind is fixed on him. What a day it would be. Little problems would not vex me. Little situations that occur would not trouble me. Because my mind is fixed on Jesus. What you say will not hinder me. What you think will not trouble me. Because my mind is fixed on Jesus. Not enough money to pay the bill. My mind is not on the bill. My mind is fixed on Jesus. We have to stay in an attitude of faith by keeping the eye of faith fixed on Jesus. Faith, Glenville. I have to have faith. You have to have faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He expects us to take him at his word. There is no room for a Christian who will not take him at his word. He commands us to take him at his word. Indeed, to take God at his word is the most exalted exercise of which the human mind is capable. Just taking God at his word. What he says, he will do. I must take God at his word if I am to fill perfectly the place he has designed for me. 
we must learn to walk by faith. We must learn to talk faith. We must learn to breathe faith. We must learn to exercise faith. The Bible talks about living from faith to faith. As we exercise faith, it will increase from one level to another level until it becomes a permanent attitude toward him. Strong faith is what we need. We need faith that will stand even when it seems impossible. We need faith that will look through the obstacles, through the roadblocks, through the tests. Our text this morning demonstrates what true faith is all about. I like this woman. This woman has captured my attention. She's very interesting to me. You see, she's not a Christian. She's not a child of God. In fact, the woman was a member of the Canaanite race. Uh, the Canaanites, you will recall, were idol worshippers and were hated by the Jews. And the woman was living her life as best she could. And from our text, we discover that she is a mother with a little girl. And her life, no doubt, was okay. But one day, her daughter began to have some troubles. Her life is upside down when her little child begins to show signs of demon possession. Her child, her baby, the baby she fed by the bosom, her child, she watched grow from an infant to a toddler. Her baby that she, she, she rocked to sleep at night. Her child is possessed by an impure spirit and suffers terribly. The demon would torment the child day and night. What do you do when life seems unbearable? What do you do when your situation goes from bad to worse? Where do you go when you don't have the answers? Who do you turn to when the sickness returns? When the marriage ends? When you lose your job? What do you do when the child leaves home? What do you do when the child does not return? Like any mother, she desperately wants to find someone who can help. Her child. This heathen woman, living in a heathen land, living with a demon-possessed child, searches for hope. Uh, she's desperate. She needs answers. She searches all over, and she couldn't find anybody. She sought relief from the heathen gods. They told her if the child drinks this potion, she'll be okay only to find out that the child still had the problem. She went to this physician, and she went to that physician, only to find the child with the same problem. Ah, but then, in the midst of her anguish, Glenville, she heard about Jesus. I like that part right there. She heard about Jesus. You see, there were some Jews living in her land, 
And she heard, by the way, that he was healing all manner of diseases. She heard he was healing the sick and raising the dead. She heard that someone else's child was demon-possessed and he set the child free. She heard he was walking on water and she heard he was feeding the multitudes. She heard about Jesus. Uh, do you remember when you heard about Jesus? Uh, do you remember? Do you remember when you heard about Jesus? Do you remember when you heard that he could wash your heart clean? Do you remember when you heard he could heal your body? Do you remember when you heard he could fix your marriage? Do you remember when you heard about Jesus? When she heard about Jesus, faith began to stir in her heart. She heard about Jesus, you see. Faith comes by hearing. So her faith began to be stirred by what she heard. You see, when every time someone told her, she got a little more excited about this Jesus. And she said, who is this man? Where can I find him? Every time she heard something, she got a little more excited. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith comes by what is heard. And what is heard comes from the word of God. The very word of God was walking in her midst. And that's what she heard. When she allowed her mind to process what she heard regarding the word, she had a firm foundation for true faith. Genuine faith, Glenville, is not a blind confidence to be exercised in the absence of evidence. The evidence was all around her. For the stories that she heard were true. Blind men could see because of Jesus. Lame men could walk because of Jesus. Dead men were living again because of Jesus. And so the seed of faith was planted and she began to hope. She began to believe. Maybe, perhaps, they say he delivers. They say he can set the captive free. She heard about Jesus. Ellen White tells us that Jesus knew about her situation. <laughs> Jesus knew all about her problem. He knew that she was hoping. He knew a small seed of faith had been planted in her mind. Jesus knew where she lived. Jesus knew what road she would be on, on which day she would be on it. And Ellen White says Jesus places himself in her path. Jesus places himself in her path. When Jesus rose that day, he said, we're going here and here because I, that woman is coming my way. He places herself in her path. I don't know what you're going through today, but Jesus is going to place himself in your path. If you just hold out just a little while longer, Jesus is going to place himself in your path. And as Jesus enters the cities of Tyre and Sidon, uh, she came crying out to him, 
pressing her way to meet him. She presses her petition immediately. She says, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, son of David. In her mind, her faith was focused on him. Although a heathen, she had a small recognition that he was the Messiah. She believed in him. She began to seek him. She began to press her way. She began to cry out to him, help my child, Jesus. I need help, Jesus. I need help, Jesus. Uh, she spread her case out before him. My daughter, my child has a problem. Uh, my child is demon-possessed and is suffering. Uh, Lord, help my child. And she is determined that her faith will not lose this opportunity. And over and over again, she presses her way. She's on the ground. She's begging him. When you have done all you know how to do, and when you cannot fix your situation, uh, you need to bring your situation to Jesus. And like the woman, you need to cry out unto the Lord. Uh, you need to get on your knees and cry out and say, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. Just like this woman on that dusty road, she would not give him any rest. She gave him no rest. Uh, the disciples said, Lord, send her away. She's getting on our nerves. She keeps crying out to us. Send her away, Lord. Now, you see, not only was she a stranger, not only was she a Gentile, uh, but she was a woman. And the disciples said, just send her away, Jesus. Uh, but this woman did not let go. She did not give up. She began, she continued to press her petition. Have mercy on me, Lord. She remembers the sound of her daughter shrieking in the midnight hour. Have mercy on me, Lord. She remembers how the demons causes her to mutilate her own body. Have mercy on me, Lord. She remembers the gnashing of teeth and the foaming at the mouth. Have mercy on me, Lord. On that dusty road, she remembers what she heard about this man, Jesus. Have mercy on me, Lord. The thoughts begin to race in her mind. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. Have mercy on me, Lord. And she presses her faith into him. The Bible declares that as she cries out to him, he answers her not a word. One Bible translation declares that he ignored her. That Jesus, who so often is full of compassion, he ignores her. He does not deal with her request. He is silent in the midst of her pain. Oh, Glenville, examine your faith this morning. What do you do when he doesn't answer you right away? What do you do when he is silent in the midst of your situation? What do you do when you call upon him and 
He answers, not a word. What do you do when it seems as if Jesus himself is ignoring you? You see, Jesus was testing her faith, and at the same time, he was teaching the disciples a lesson in working with the non-Jew. He did this by acting out the contrast between the usual Jewish attitude and his own. The typical Jewish rabbi would have done precisely what the disciples proposed. They would have sent her away without making a direct reply to her request. Jesus in no way shares the narrow exclusiveness the Jews felt toward the Gentiles. And he had confidence that while he tested her faith, her faith would stand the test. And as the disciples rebuked her, she continues to press her case. And finally, Jesus speaks and he says, I am not sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And basically, what he was saying was, 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 I'm not sent to your type of people because you are a heathen. This apparent rebuke only strengthened her resolve and she pressed closer to Jesus. Instead of giving up, she kneels before him and she starts to worship him. Oh, she falls on the ground prostrate and she worships him. She calls upon his name a little bit louder. She presses her petition. She's, she has the spirit of Jacob and says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Her faith would not let go. Her mindset would not let go. In the midst of her worship, Jesus, still apparently rejecting her, tells her that it is not fitting. It is not proper. It is not good to give the bread to the dogs. He calls her a dog. According to the Greek, he calls her a canary, a little dog. You see, the Jews felt that the blessings of salvation would be wasted on the Gentiles. But pride and prejudice meant nothing to this woman. She was determined to have what she asked for. And she knew that God could give it to her. Her faith would not let go. And she replies, truth, Lord, or yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs, God. She said, you can have everything on the table, but just let my blessing fall off. I'll take the crumbs. She was ready to accept any necessary level of humanity Christ may assign her without so much as arguing the point. Her faith simply believed he could heal her daughter. Huh. Then Jesus responds in, in kindness. And he said, oh woman, great is your faith. He said, great is your faith. 
You see, something about faith excites Jesus. And in that moment, he healed her daughter. Oh, we got to press our way. We need this kind of faith. Ellen White was speaking to an angel. And she asked the angel a question. She said, why, the angel said, why is there no more faith and power in Israel? We can ask the question, why is there no more faith and power in Glenville? The angel replied, you let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. You let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. You see, the woman could have left early. When he, when he ignored her, she could have got up and left and said, I can't get my blessing. But she stayed there. And she pressed her way. How many blessings have you lost? Because you let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. Uh, press your petition to the throne and hold on with strong faith. The promises are sure. Believe ye receive the thing ye ask for, and she, ye shall have them. Uh, let me give you three points. True faith lays hold of and claims the promised blessing before it is realized and felt. Our faith must take hold of the promised blessing and claim it as ours. We are then to believe that we receive the blessing because our faith has hold of it and according to the word it is ours true faith rests on the promises contained in the word of God and those only who obey the word can claim its glorious promises the word of God says if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall have what ye will and it shall be done unto you whatsoever ye ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Faith, finally, involves taking your eyes off of yourself, looking to Jesus and believing in him, then exercising faith. The songwriter said, we've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. Trusting in his holy word, he has never failed me yet. I can't turn around. We've come this far by faith. What about you this morning? How is your faith? I want you to get that problem in your mind right now. That problem that you've been wrestling with for a long time. That problem that keeps you up at night. That problem that has raised your blood pressure. That problem that you wet your pillow with at night with tears. I want you to compare that problem with your faith. Do you have faith like this woman? You see, even the dogs are blessed. You may feel unworthy. You may feel that you cannot come. But even 
The dogs are blessed. And he has a blessing for you this morning. What is that situation? I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? What is it? What is it? Is it a sickness? He speaks to cancer. And cancer has to flee. Is it a money situation? The cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. Is it a relationship problem? He specializes. Perhaps your problem is internal. You are plagued by guilt. You are plagued by unworthiness. I hear God saying to you this morning, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. How is your faith?